0: Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel, and I have Maddie back with me in the studio. Welcome back, Maddie.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me.
0: Cool. We learned a little bit about your photography journey last time, which was fantastic. And thanks for sharing that because, like I said, I think people are always interested in learning about other people's stories. As we touched on in that last episode, we talked about the Canon Collective. And one of the things which we do, we do the spotlight every Monday night. And people learn about other photographers, and I guess really interesting find out how people start and the stuff they shoot, and all that type of jazz so But I thought we'd talk about social media because social media is such a big part of photography today, isn't it?
1: It is an interesting beast and one that changes all the time
0: and it's something that you've kind of you've come into it through your marketing stuff, which obviously it's been a big part of navigating that whole space,
1: yeah, and I think it's taught me how frequently you need to change with the times because we were also speaking about this before off-air. About the and,
0: re- reinventing yourself, yeah? Yeah,
1: constantly. And it's something I've always had to do with the businesses I've worked with. every Somewhere between 3 to 12 months, we'd have to change the whole strategy because everything has changed. So like I was saying last time, that's why I now focus on stories at the moment is because that's where most of the Instagram business is going down.
0: Yeah, that's right, because that's what people are consuming and, and I think interesting because stories typically are are short videos as well. And I think people can just get a sense of what's going on and I, I think we all kind of we are all kind of curious about whatever what everyone else is doing. It's just a human human nature thing.
1: We're all very nosy individuals and it's an easy look inside somebody else's life.
0: Do you sometimes worry sometimes about with social media that sometimes it portrays an unrealistic view of the world and particularly for body image?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it has been detrimental to so many people in that way. But I think we're getting a bit more clued in as a society as to what that looks like. And I'm hoping that some of the younger generations coming through will have a bit better understanding about what's real and what's not when it comes to what's put online.
0: Because I think that's the thing is, you know, so much of what's online is fake. Mm. And I think that's the hard part for people to tell what's, what's real and what's not real. And I think we we saw it in the early, when I suppose influencers really blew up, you know, a lot of people were faking it until they make it.
1: But we thing. all just lapped it up back yeah, then. Yeah. Did people... not realise how much of it was edited. And only in recent years has it really come out how much they were po- possibly editing their photos to make them look like that. Nobody looks like that.
0: No, that's right. And, mm. and sometimes it's an unrealistic look. And I think the thing is, people, like I said, have, have learnt to try, I suppose, manipulate things to create a, a life that's not real mm. and I think like I said but I think still people and look I mean the you know deep fake is, is something that's really scary because it's so damn good yeah you know we could we could get you doing something that you wouldn't normally do or mm. saying endorsing something that you wouldn't normally endorse and that's the scary thing that the world we're living in and I saw a comment about saying just recently about how we used to better believe in a photograph it used to be truth mm. in a photo but maybe not so now.
1: Not anymore. I saw a photo compilation on TikTok the other day, and at first I thought, oh, how weird. I didn't see this back in the day when it happened. And it was like Lord and Bruno Mars, and Lord was running away with his Grammy or something. And like, I should have won this year or something for her album Pure Heroine. And I thought, oh, I don't remember this happening. And then turns out it was just an AI-generated image, but I'd believed it and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm so stupid.
0: Yeah, but it's so easy to believe Mm. because, I mean, that's the thing because we've grown up with the idea that if we see a video or we see an image, that's a truthful account of what happened. But now, like, with with things that are happening, like I said, and I think that's been the downside of social media that sometimes Mm. people have used it kind of in that way.
1: But I do think people miss the Instagram origins so I think that's why we've seen the shift in recent years back towards that very organic almost unedited sort of content which is obviously quite a different space to what we work in but there is that shift back towards that grassroots Instagram use.
0: Yeah look I'd love the initial when I first discovered Inst, you know back in the day when it kind of first came out I loved that kind of that rawness that mm. real and then I think what happened was it then became a it came very competitive that people mm. were trying to outdo the next person and to the point where then, like I said, it got so out of hand it's yeah, it's not even remotely like it used to be.
1: And I know I used to think like that too. And then all of a sudden I just, particularly with this, the business page that I started, I was just, anything I put out there, I try and focus on not caring what the results are. It's just something that I was happy to put my name on and put out there to the world. And that's why I wanted to share that rather than, oh, I think this will do really well. I think that's the way we have to look at it now because otherwise you just get too caught up in that cycle of, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not seeing all of this growth that other people got or she's got like 5 million bajillion followers and, oh, no, I've only got like 150, you know. It's just not worth worrying over.
0: One one of the advice I always give people about comparing yourself because it's easy then to start looking about your photos and comparing them to someone else's photos, and that can be quite—I suppose that could, be, could create a lot of negativity in mm. your in your life. I always say to people like you always only ever kind of compare your photos to the photos you took six months ago or twelve months ago, and mm-hmm. how you've grown as a photographer, and look at that rather than look at someone else's because you don't know how much of that photo you're seeing there is really them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I said, we've got there was just recently something where someone got caught out had used all these images that weren't their image. That's happening more and more. And the thing, the great thing about it is now people are getting caught out on it because of things like you can do reverse image mm. searches and stuff and you can find out the origins of a picture sometimes and you find out it's actually that photographer never took it. I, I always liken it to, I watch a couple of those art shows where they take a painting and someone finds it in a basement and they go, oh, I think this is, you know, Van Gogh and, you know, it's a undocumented work. And then so they go to these great lengths to try and discover whether it really is, you know, and all that type of stuff. And then when they talk about these things, how it was like for all those great artists, was there was a cottage industry of people just mm-hmm. making fakes. Yeah. So there were so many fake paintings around um, to made look like the works of masters. So it's not new that no. people are faking stuff. It's We just have a new way of doing it.
1: But that's the thing. You can only ever do you, so... I feel like you just can't worry about what anyone else is doing at all. It's just not worth the heartache. Yep. And like you were saying, even looking back at your own work six to 12 months ago, I normally have the the motto where I've, I don't look at the work I did a year ago and be like, ugh, disgusting. I feel like I haven't grown enough, but I almost always do because you have do learn so much along the way, which is why, as you were saying, you just can't compare yourself to Anybody else and their journey, they might be like 10 years ahead of you.
0: Exactly. They're at a different point of time. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, like, I knew almost nothing about studio lighting maybe a year and a half ago. And I've still got a long way to go. But even looking at my work now compared to six months ago, I'm like, wow, you've grown so much. And I'm going to pat myself on the back for that compared to, and not compare it to, hey, here's this professional who's been at it for, you know, 15 years and wow, it's no surprise they're amazing with lighting setups and things like that. That's
0: right. Look, it all comes down to experience. It's like everything in life, like the more experience you have, whether it be cooking, whether it be writing, whether it be taking photos, whatever. I mean, and like I said, it kind of comes at different, um, I suppose it comes at different times for people when they Mm. kind of hit their stride. Some people hit their stride really quickly and they can kind of really start to accelerate, but other people like take a bit of time to blossom and they, you know, find, like you said, I think you were talking about finding finding a style mm. and do you think you've found your own style at this stage? or
1: I think to an extent maybe I have, but it's almost like within that I tend to change it for the client, but I don't have a particular style that I stick to each time. But I do tend to lean towards a particular look, I think. Yep. But I wouldn't say it's across the board always the same.
0: Yep. So when, when you're dealing with clients and particularly because obviously social media becomes a huge part of that process, mm. do you have any advice that you give people like as far as like how to use social media effectively, that type of stuff? Or What do you mean? What things they should, maybe they should post. Should Obviously, if someone says to you, I want to post this, but I want you to to change this, so it looks like that. Would you say, oh, maybe that's not a good idea in case you get caught out like that's bending the bending the rules a bit? Do you kind of have a kind of a, I suppose, a, a moral compass when it comes to truth in
1: advertising? Oh, yeah. I don't tend to edit anything to that extent. I think my editing limit is I will only really edit to the point where they look like, in that photo, they look like how they looked to me yes. when they walked in. Yep. So sometimes that may take a bit of editing because it wasn't like the, Perfect shot or angle for that person, but it will only ever be to that point where they looked like how they looked like to me.
0: Because I definitely think that people sometimes get bad advice when it comes to using social media and business, and they tend mm. to to put up stuff which potentially can get caught. They can get called out on.
1: Yeah, but I don't think people get called out that often. That's the problem. I do have to say I won't mention any names, but.
0: For legal reasons. Nothing. For legal
1: reasons. <laughs> Earlier this year I had a client and I sent the photos off. I'm always happy with the photos by the time I send them off. Otherwise I wouldn't send them. And I was like, great, here's your gallery, please enjoy. And she sent them back to me was like, oh, could you edit all of this out? To be fair, it was more of a high fashion client so I can understand what why she's going for a particular image, but it just shocked me to what extent she wanted it to be edited. Like this woman that I'd shot was already perfect. Yes. Model, six feet tall, gorgeous, stunning skin, not a pimple on her. Yep. And it was basically removing any semblance of a skin texture yep. anywhere. Yep. She wanted that gone. And I was actually kind of horrified at what she wanted removed. Like I hadn't even noticed that as a problem. Like it, she looked gorgeous to me, so that's yes. why I'd sent them off. She looked real. Yeah. Yeah, she looked perfect to be honest and I was horrified to what extent she wanted it to be edited and that really opened my eyes as to how much editing was going on to get those kind of looks.
0: I think if, and this this maybe people will start to take notice of this, but one of the things I've always noticed is whenever you see a fast food ad, you'll Mm. see the perfect cheeseburger or the perfect burger and it's like absolutely this big It's fun, it's high, it's got all this salad stuff falling out of it and looks absolutely, wow. wow. And when you go for your drive through and you pull it out of the box and you look at it and it goes, yeah, it doesn't even look remotely. It's like, I think it's like Mm. people's idea about trying to present this and same as like you see the packet of biscuits, you know, and the biscuit packet hasn't got a wrinkle in it. (laughs) It's like it's been steamed smooth Mm. and it slides open and the biscuits are all perfectly arranged. There's no broken ones or anything just kind of like but i think it's like advertising's always tried to portray this perfection mm. and i think that's where it's kind of why social media has kind of gone the, the circle it's gone mm.
1: yeah that's the thing as soon as you try and monetize anything we live in that capitalist society that's where it's going to go and it has gone there sadly but i think tiktok's still a bit safe not completely safe
0: tiktok is an interesting one because tiktok i think is kind of grabbed a younger generation quite hard Mm. and people like and I know there's a lot of you know discussion around like a lot of um, people are being diagnosed with different um, things and they're saying as as a result of watching too much TikTok Mm. and kind of getting an unrealistic view of the world so I think it's it's kind of like but the thing is I think with social media the problem with social media is, is that there is no Guard keepers, no mm. gatekeepers, no can't. regulatory yeah, it's, body or anything it's to tell so you, quick. It's hey, so, this yeah. is
1: you know, this is completely fake. Don't need to compare yourself to this one; you're fine. But I think they've have finally introduced some like sponsored ad things, which has been good. But it's just it's not quite enough.
0: Yes, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it's it's subtle. Sort of, I think it's a bit like the gambling industry. You don't have to have after all the ads now. It's goes you know, you're about to lose or. What else could you spend this money on, or something? Trying to give these, I suppose, people a bit of a dose of the guilt about gambling. Mm. I don't know if it actually works.
1: <laughs> it's, you know, it's an addiction, but I suppose social media is too. Well,
0: I think social media is is a bigger addiction because mm. it was interesting. I listened to something when I was driving here today and was talking about a, um, a photo that was taken. I think back in two thousand. I say 2006, something. It was Tiger Woods. Apparently it was a shot. Anyway, the photographers caught this shot of Tiger Woods driving this ball and the ball's literally coming straight at the camera. Mm. And in the, in the crowd behind, you can see all these people doing all these various different things. And they made the thing as if you took that same photo today, all you would see is a sea of iPhones held up trying mm. to get the shot. And it was so refreshing to see this shot that had all this crowd. And the people were invested in that moment. Mm. They weren't worried about the phone and that type of thing. And I think that's the thing that we're just seeing now. We're seeing so many people, like, can't put their phone down. Mm. You know, they just kind of have to – and we kind of, I suppose, the things that are making us do it, and this is what worries me about, I suppose, where we're going with technology is that pretty much soon, like, cash is really dying very quickly in Australia where a lot of places don't even accept it. you got to buy coffee and – oh, sorry, we don't take cash – that we're reliant on their devices and like all the banking and stuff has been pushed onto your phone. So pretty mm-hmm. much you don't need a card anymore. You can just hold your phone up and pay for your coffee and move on. So it's kind of like conditioning us to hold, have, use the phone for
1: everything. And in some ways, like I find that very handy and beneficial, but like I know I am reliant on my phone. And just this morning I got my, you know, the weekly notification yes. of you've spent however long.
0: You've spent 32% more time on the mm-hmm. phone.
1: I was up to six hours, 45 minutes a day. Yes. Which isn't great. Yes.
0: But I think that's the nature of social media. I think that's the downside that it becomes very addictive because Mm. we are kind of conditioned to that hit when we get a like or we get a comment. Mm. We just do it. And I think they play on it. They just play on it so heavily.
1: They absolutely do. That's why you get the, you know how it comes up in the feed as something super interesting when you first open the app and then it'll refresh itself automatically and drag that down. So you have to start scrolling. Like all of that is just that vie for your attention, which is basically their value. Like that's where they get all of their advertising dollars and things like that is vying for your attention. So they do whatever they need to do. And I feel like we're starting to have a bit of a reaction against that. People are, it's not hugely widespread at the moment, but I think people are starting to react against that. Being a part of that cog in the social media yeah. machine. So, like, even me, for example, I try now and stay off my phone until midday, like, yep. and not even look at it. And I find my mental health is so much better when I haven't been mindlessly scrolling for hours first thing upon waking up.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, I I went for that thing where I, I'd have to, I'd kind of be right to the last minute, be on the phone looking at stuff mm. before we went to bed. And I've just had to kind of wean myself off of it. Mm. and put the phone way away from the bedside table where it yeah. used to sit. I suppose it's like anything it's I think it's social media in general is is good. Mm. It's like anything you know too much of a good thing is yeah. bad for you anyway so it's just a trying Moderation. to get that balance. But I think you, I think you're right that that there is more I suppose now. People are starting to come around to understanding that what's acceptable mm. you know what I mean if you go to a restaurant and you've gone out with some a bunch of your friends You want to spend time with them Mm. and find out what they've been up to. Like, yeah, you might have seen all their Instagram stories, but you want to hear the real thing. You don't really want them to be on the phone. And sometimes you go to places and you see a bunch of people sitting at a table and the phones are all out. I'm thinking, you should have just all stayed home.
1: Pretty much (laughs) at that point. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't think I've ever been the phone out, on the phone, out at the dinner table kind of person. Person, yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that's when people really have that really – I suppose that they're really so invested in mm. it that they kind of just can't put it down. Mm. And I think certain people are are more prone to it, like there's definitely some people like will be hard find it harder to give it up. Mm. Yeah. So I'm just wondering too because moving forward, yeah, you know, we hope that I suppose people start to regulate it a bit more so it becomes a little bit more, I suppose, but like you said as soon as money's involved, it's very difficult then for governments to step in and Mm. tell people don't do this don't do that and then you always get the cry that you know the nanny state
1: yeah i think it's possibly too late to catch that train (laughs) she's already well out of the station
0: yeah and i think look i said it's um you know in in this episode we've kind of been talking about i suppose social media and and like for photography and creatives social media has been great because it's been able to get your work Mm. in front of a lot of eyes so people who normally would never see your work. Mm. So that's a great thing. Like you can imagine. So, so if we rolled the clock back, so there's no social media. So it's now, you know, whatever year that Instagram came out, what's it been around about 15 years or something like that? Or Facebook's been yeah, I around. I feel a like while. it
1: was 2012 that it became like
0: kind of blew up. So it's kind of like, yeah. So if we wind the clock back, so so if you were doing your business, so we wound the clock back 15 years and mm. you can, you're doing exactly what you're doing now. How much of a struggle would it be for you?
1: I think it would have been a lot slower because part of the thing that I think is working for me is when I do make those connections, say, even if they they are in person, it's the following up and maintaining those relationships via social media that continues the relationship into a working partnership. Because otherwise I would meet someone at some event and then they just forget I exist and when it came time to hiring a photographer or a social media person, it'd be like, oh, Google yes, Photographers yep. Brisbane yep. and click the first one that came up.
0: It, do, it does. It is helpful to keep yourself, like I said, kind of in their eyes. Mm. So particularly to, I mean, one of the tricks you can do as a business is like if there's a brand that you, you want to work with is jump on their socials and leave lots of comments.
1: Mm. <laughs> <me>? <laughs> but like it works. I have to say, having been on the flip side of that, like managing other people's social media, is those are the people you would notice. They'd consistently be there in your notifications and under each post. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, Sandra from blah, blah, blah. I remember you. Yes. And then they're consistently there. So, say when it was time to work out who our next influencer gifting packs would go to, you'd be like, oh, she really loves our brand. One to her for Christmas. Yes. You know? So, it definitely works. To keep you top of mind. Yes. I if you're just there,
0: put yourself in front of people. And like I said, and I think that's, and that's the great thing, like I said, that for businesses now, if you can use social media and harness it to your, for your good, and then, but also be mindful of the negative sides of it and mm. try and just walk that line, I think like that's where social media is really great. Like I said, some people get kind of caught, caught up in the whole, I suppose, just caught up to get too invested in it sometimes and they just can't work out when to back out.
1: Mm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Where do you think social media will end up? Do you think it will kind mm. of do a kind of 180 or do you think it will just keep going the way it is? Or
1: It's difficult to tell. You just never really know. But I do think it will go a bit back to its original way of being. I think people are really tired of seeing – perfectly curated business that's why a lot of the gen z kind of people are doing the photo dump sort of things here's some random stuff from may or august or october or whatnot and it'll just include some totally random things from their everyday life because that's what people want to see yes and i think there will continue to be that further reaction against the perfect curation direction that's been happen happening but then again, on the flip side, say TikTok, for example, started in that very unfiltered sort of zone. And even now it's starting to get more and more curated, much like Instagram was back in the day. So it's difficult to say if it will, which way it'll head, yep. you know? And I
0: think it's interesting what what's happened, I've noticed, with a lot of the YouTubers, a lot of the YouTubers who were very successful then started like, going backwards because they actually started putting getting like hiring a professional video company to produce their videos and they Mm. become very polished and then it just changed the whole feel for the the people who were their fans watching them Mm. they liked the rawness
1: because it was relatable and if it's no longer attainable it's no longer relatable at all which is their entire audience base
0: yeah it just changes like i said and people can start to pick yeah, you know, they can see that change, that shift. Mm. They can see it. They like that person because of the rawness or whatever and what they did and the crazy things they got up to. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're doing, production companies are doing it and it's all then done all very safely and everything like that. Mm. loses some of that kind of, yeah, that initial thing.
1: Mm. The sparkle. The sparkle. The organic sparkle. The
0: organic sparkle. There was one thing I wanted to talk about with with social media and just want to see if you've had this experience in the short time that you've kind of been working with clients and that's when, you know, you send off the images. Presumably you've sent them off so they can use them for their different campaigns and stuff. Is that when they put it on Instagram and then apply a filter to it?
1: <laughs> yes, I have already had this. Um, but honestly, it doesn't bother me because once it's their photos, as long as they're not tagging me in a filtered
0: Oh, no, they're tagging you.
1: Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I'm contacting them to remove my tag from it. But ultimately, I think like you've already paid for the photos, do whatever you want with them. It's ugly, but that's your personal choice.
0: And I think that's where sometimes people, like I said, I've just many photographers have actually raised with me the fact that they've, they've produced a photo and they've given it to the client. And then the client's, like I said, taken and changed the whole look of it by applying a filter. Mm-hmm. And it's totally without. And these are people typically who pride themselves on having a particular style on the photos and it just kind of trashes it.
1: Yeah, I don't really get that That when people hire a photographer with a particular style to then put their edit over the top. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I think maybe because they don't understand mm. because they're just getting a photographer but they're not realising what they're getting mm. and I think that's sometimes like there's definitely, I mean, there's people who are hired as photographers because of their style, mm. because of what they bring to the table And then, But I think there's so many people using social media and just trying – and they're so – I think – one of the things I think I don't like about social media is the ferociousness of it. Like it's just a never-ending feeding cycle.
1: Yeah, it does just keep rolling around.
0: Well, you kind of – as soon as you stop, if you kind of like been posting and you're kind of building your – the album's kind of been pushing you out to people and then – you decide that you're going to go off and have a bit of a detox for the weekend mm. and you turn your phone off and you don't post anything how you kind of quickly slide down the
1: ladder yeah that's been me in the last week i just didn't have the bandwidth to be handling social media this last week yep and there's just nothing going on there it's crickets yes absolute crickets <laughs> and i was like oh i'll deal with this next week
0: <laughs> so so what advice do you have you got say for a photographer, someone who's starting out, again, with social media, just be kind of mindful or or careful what you wish for or what would you say?
1: What, in terms of getting their name it, out it, there?
0: Yeah, just use, using, using it as a kind of a means, like, mm. yeah, to, to get your name out there.
1: Um, I do think there's benefit in not keeping it too corporate or professional. I think people resonate with the you behind the lens as well. So make sure you post a little bit of a mix, even if it's just the personal stuff to the story, because that's tends to be what I do, because I don't feel comfortable posting it to my feed forever. Yes. But for 24 hours, sure. Yep. You can see a little bit of my setup or me being an idiot or whatever. So I think a good mix is beneficial. But ultimately, just like anything else in your life, consistency is key. So posting regularly, even if it's just once a week or something, just keep it consistent. Literally anything, and stories. I would be po- personally. I would be posting every day. But even if you can't do that, maybe aim for like three times a week. Yes,
0: just just, and, like, just so you 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 out there, people don't forget about you.
1: Yeah, even my partner, he wasn't posting anything to his branding and website business page, and I was like, you just need to share literally anything to yep. remind people you exist. And all of a sudden, his followers start growing and things like that. Just basic consistency will go such a long way, even if you don't have any grand strategy behind it. I think that's a great building block to start with.
0: Yep. I think anything in life, any, any person who's kind of creates something, the minute they stop creating, they can kind of slide off people's radar. Mm. So the idea is basically that's why people keep writing books if they're an author, they write a book and then they straight away before that book's even kind of hit the bookshelves, they've written the next book because they know that the cycle is that you have to keep mm. pumping stuff out there.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have to be chore a chore though. Just like I share anything that I love personally. Yep, that's pretty much it.
0: Well, that tells a little bit of something about yourself. You're giving away a little bit of you mm. when you do that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Also, doesn't have to be finished work. So don't. Doesn't have to be polished and perfect. It could be, here's something I've been working on and I want to show you a little bit of this, or like, which type of edit do you prefer? Or, you know, this is my daily ritual or anything like that. But I also think what goes hand in hand with that is interacting with other people. So it can't just be a, you know, you getting on your little soapbox to be like, hey, here's some stuff I did. Please like and subscribe. Yes. You do have to pair that hand in hand with making those little internet friends and following up with people you ha- do know in real life. Because I think that's also important to, and also for keeping social media real, is not just fake internet friends, but real people that you know and like, and you're I'm interacting like you, with them. It's
0: not good to buy followers, you telling me? <laughs> I've
1: been getting <laughs> heaps of those messages recently, have you? No,
0: yes, yes. It's It goes around cycles. And even now, like this this podcast is goes up on natively on SoundCloud. Mm. Now there's all these people like jumping on SoundCloud. Oh, I can get you SoundCloud followers. <laughs> you know, like all these little scams or things start up. Mm. And so you get all these people jump on and send you messages saying, oh, I can get you like 100 followers. And i thinking, oh, geez, okay.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll look real. Yeah, that'll look. Well, the thing mm.
0: about it is, and this is the thing that people people now I think are kind of mindful of when someone does have a lot of followers mm. particularly if it's grown really quickly yeah yeah people kind of look at that and go Oh, i don't think that's quite right that mm. person last week had you know 10 followers now they've got like a hundred thousand yeah maybe something
1: a bit fishy going on back there back on there mm.
0: maddie great to have you in the studio chatting about social media like i said it's just such a thing that i think all photographers kind of got to get the head around. you got to, It's kind of like good, bad, or ugly. You've mm. got to. You've got to learn how to tame it for your particular mm. situation. And I so have got people thinking anyway.
1: But yes, advice is don't make it harder than it needs to be. Exactly, doesn't have to be perfect. Just share literally anything.
0: Excellent, fantastic. Well, thanks for your thoughts, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for having me. No worries. See you. Bye.